Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Jason Vines, author of What Did Jesus Drive? And you're listening to Thursday Night Thunder on the Speedway Digest Radio Network. Hello and welcome to the July 27th episode of Thursday Night Thunder, the most hardcore motorsports program on the internet. This is episode 115 of the series, and I'm your host, Adam Jason Sinclair. On tonight's program, Michael Mullally and myself will review this past weekend of racing and chat about whatever other exciting news of the world of modern motorsports pops into the conversation. Tonight, we'll be previewing Pocono with returning guests Gus Dean and Justin Fontaine. So how are you doing this evening? I'm good. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. It's hotter than Hades outside. It was a heat index of 112 yesterday. I think it was a little bit cooler today, but not too much. I tried to stay out of the sun as much as possible today. Yeah, well, when it gets that hot, you can't even cool off in the shade. Nope, and the air conditioner has a tough time getting below 80 degrees, and it's just not happy. But uh, it's summer in Florida, and I think it's just going to get hotter from here. That's how it goes. Chance to watch any of the racing action last week. The uh, Eldora was on Wednesday, and then this weekend they were uh, they were out in Indianapolis, and that was that was pretty okay too. No, actually, well, actually, I watched like the last ten laps of the Sprint Cup race, but I didn't get to catch mm-hmm. any of the Eldora race because, well, honestly, I didn't even know it was on, and that's stupid too because I like I kept saying that I want to watch that race, and then every time it comes on, I completely forget about it. But I did manage to watch the last 10 minutes of the Sprint Cup race, so, yeah. You know, Sprint Cup race, it was on forever, so if you didn't watch a little bit of it, you were, weren't paying attention. I think it was like eight hours long with all the red flags and rain delays and everything else. Just just intense there. Yeah, it seemed like it rained for, like, I don't know. Like, I remember turning it on, and then I saw that the cars were covered, and I was like, oh, well, this is how this race is going to go. And then I ended up getting busy, and then turned it back on. I was like, oh, wow, they're racing. And then, yeah. But it seems like that was a long, drawn-out race. Yeah, it did. And the first half was, wasn't was really anything special, because the first half was uh, with Kyle Busch and Martin Truex basically trying to determine who was going to win the race. And after they crashed out at, at about the halfway point, a little past about what was it, that 110, something like that, of, uh, of 165. So quite a ways past. But, but still, it was, it was a lot better from there. It was actually a, uh, more of a competition as to see who was going to win. And it was good to see Casey Kane win the race. He hadn't won in, a, in several years now. And uh, he didn't look very good after the race, but but I think that winning the race probably make make him feel a little bit better anyway. Yeah. Um, we were actually all really surprised that that he came out on top, mostly because he has been kind of like, you know, off the grid. But, I mean, mm-hmm. he's still been placing fairly well, but I think it was good to see him at least get a win. Yep. And it's good for his career. I think that the uh, there was a lot of talk in the – in some of the NASCAR circles that Casey Kane might not be with Hendrick Motorsports next year because they're going to have the same sort of issues, but they've had the same sort of comments made by the, the people in the, uh, in the upper 
echelon thing is what's been talked about with Danica Patrick, where they, they want to make sure that everybody in their stable is able to win a race, at least one race this year. And uh, Danica hasn't won a race this year. So her, I think her uh, position at uh, the, the uh, Stuart Haas for next season is still pretty much in question, but you never know with Casey Kane, he might, he might stick around for a few more years at, uh, at Rick Hendrick Motorsports. Um, how do you think, uh, what, I don't, I, I mean, I don't know if it's a for sure thing, but I think I read that they're going to put Alex Bowman in the 88 next season, or is that kind of just a rumor? Yeah, Alex Bowman will be taking over for, uh, for what's his name, for Dale Earnhardt Jr. next year. So that'll, that'll be good. I think that he, he did really well when he was substituting for, for the, for Earnhardt last year. And he uh, he was kind of thrown around a little bit a little bit too much. And he's definitely not a name racer though, and I think that might hurt hurt the ratings even more than what they've been hurt already this season. Um, there won't be any Earnhardt next year, and and uh, Gordon is stepping further away every year, uh, as is Tony Stewart. So, be interesting to see how the how the ratings pick up next year, whether they do. Um, I also had a uh, wanted to bring up a little bit that the I think the future of motorsports is definitely in a transition now. We've talked about that a few times, especially with the fact that the uh, the people in Europe now, in France and in, in Great Britain, are talking about totally outlawing normal uh, internal combustion engines by the end of 2040. So that'll that'll definitely change the racing in Europe, and I think that'll that'll also change the racing here. It'll be it'll be something different in a few years. Well, I think. I mean, because I think my mom's almost kind of right. It's almost like, you know, racing is kind of on a downward spiral a little bit. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. I guess if the change, you know, brings it back up, then what's it going to hurt? Yeah. I actually think that the, uh, as we talked to last year, not last year, it was almost two years ago now when we had the the full episode about the Formula E series. I think that 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 is the future but they have a lot of work to do to get people more interested in that sort of racing. And they have a lot of work to do on the cars themselves to make them more competitive, make them a little bit quicker and, uh, and improve the battery technology. So it's, so it's a little bit different sort of, uh, sort of strategy for those races. But I think that was a, it was pretty awesome. We went down to the, the race there in Miami. And I think they're, they definitely have a, a bright future in the world of motorsports for the Formula E series. But I also think that the, that stuff like the NHRA has a, a really good opportunity to excel because pretty much they'll become a, a spectacle, which is what they've been for years, but they'll be more so with the, with the bigger, the bigger engines, the higher speed and all that. So it'll be a, a definitely a time of transition and hopefully it'll be interesting to see what happens with, with stock cars. Cause I'm really not sure. And I won't be able to ask the guests this evening because I was asked to stay a little bit away from that topic with these two gentlemen. And I'm, I respect that. That's fine. But uh, I'm sure in the back of every racer's mind is the is the future and, and what's going to happen. So it'll be cool to see. Uh, might not be be a lot of fun for certain certain forms of racing, but it'll definitely be a transition. Our first guest this evening is Gus Dean, telling his ninth consecutive top ten finish this past weekend at Lucas Oil Raceway. 
The Scott Rookie of the Year leader, Gus Dean, returns to Pocono Raceway this weekend, looking to turn up the heat on the track with his second career ARCA Racing Series presented by Menards Victory in Friday afternoon's Mod Space 150. Dean, the Bluffton, South Carolina native, is eager to return to Pocono's 2.5-mile layout after his win for racing team turned a stout finish, a stout fifth-place finish in June's General Tire Anywhere as Possible 200. Aboard the number 32 Gree Cooling Products Toyota, the 23-year-old stepped up his practice game and qualified second, but after the series ran out of time to complete qualifying, Dean was regulated to his 14th place practice result for the start. By the end of the race, Dean picked up nine spots and wrapped in what was his third top five finish of the year. While consistency has been paramount to keep Dean inside the top five in the championship standings just past the halfway point of the season, Dean is yearning for a win. Armed with the same number 22 green Toyota that Dean muscled to that fifth-place run last month, Dean believes the, tri- the leadership from crew chief Todd Myers and car owner Kevin Sawinski will help him keep him focused and his head in the game for the short 60-lap race that awaits him on July 28th. With a quick one-day show on tap for Friday, Dean knows what he and Myers will have to do with their number 32 green Toyota to make sure they are a factor when the payday window opens. For the sixth time this season, Dean will carry the Gree onboard camera, offering an exclusive look from side of, sorry, from aboard his Kevin Sawinski-owned machine. In 18 career ARCA Racing Series starts, Dean captured his first career victory in his second ever start at Talladega Super Speedway, after starting second in April of 2016. Overall, Dean has had top five, five top five, and 12 top ten finishes has led 37 laps in ARCA competition. The Mod Space 150, which takes place over 60 laps, which equals 150 miles, is the 12th of 20 races on the 2017 ARCA Racing Series presented by Menard's schedule. Practice begins on Friday, July 28th, tomorrow, with an hour-and-a-half practice session planned from 9 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. General Tire pole qualifying is set for later in the day at 1 o'clock p.m. The race is set to take the green flag shortly after 4 p.m., the event will be broadcast live on Fox Sports 1, while LarkerRacing.com will stream live, stream live timing and scoring throughout the week's activities. All times are local, Eastern Time. And we are now pleased to welcome Gus Dean back into the Thunderdome. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. Thank you guys for having me on. Thank you for coming back. First off, what has been your most memorable start this season? You know, it's... Uh, it's been a crazy season. I don't really know if I had a most memorable start. Um, but, uh, you know, definitely Talladega, with the anticipation from last year, uh, you know, brought back a lot of memories. I was ready to go for that race. And um, But, but you know, uh, these races at Pocono, like we were at this weekend, uh, I, I really love this track. It's a driver's race track. It's really fun to race. And uh, I think out of most of them, you know, this is one that I look forward to uh, Throughout the year, it's coming back to the Poconos. It's it's uh, it's, a, it's they call it the tricky triangle for a reason, but it's a blast. Mm-hmm. What have you learned in your first full season in ARCA so far? You know, I've uh, spent my entire life racing on the short tracks, and um, you know, I have a, I have a lot of race experience. But a lot of these ARCA tracks that we go through are intermediate, super speedways, you know, and and I have a whole uh, a whole new aspect that I've I've never been. Um, pretty to before. Uh, now this year in, in this larger series, and I'm having to adjust as quickly as I can. I mean, I'm having a great 
team is key. Uh, Todd Myers on the box, all the Winshawn guys, uh, you know, that 32 degree Toyota, it's, it's ready to go every weekend. And, uh, and that makes that learning curve a lot, a lot easier. Um, but going to these intermediate tracks, you know, how the cars behave when they're getting loose, when they're getting tight, uh, you know, how, how you conserve your car is so much different than what I've grown up on, on the short tracks that, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just a big learning curve that I'm having to, to overcome pretty quickly. And, uh, and I think we've had a lot of success doing so, so far this year. Can you tell us a little bit more about your sponsor, the Greek Cooling Products? Greek Cooling Products came on board with us this year. Um, you know, they, they, they came on board actually last year to start uh, with Daytona. Uh, unfortunately, we got taken out on lap two. But uh, they, they were gracious enough to try to give me another chance at, at Talladega, and we ended up winning, which led to a full-season sponsorship this year. Uh, we can't thank them enough. It's a great product. You know, it, it's, um, it's, it's one of those things where this is a, a company that supports racing, and, and it's a great product on top of that. It's so easy to market when the people who do buy these green products, these cooling products, these mini-split systems, and when they're getting you know, smaller air, small air conditioners, it, it's so easy to market that product when the people who do go out and buy them absolutely love them and rant and rave about them as soon as they buy them. So, you know, I can't thank them enough for all the support and help they've given us this year. We understand that you compete in the uh, Summer Shootout Series in uh, in Charlotte. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? We we have. We've been running the Summer Shootout Series, but um, we, we've had a little bit of problems with our Legends chassis out there, so we decided to scrap the rest of the shootout. Um, we're going to do some testing before the Legends Nationals in Las Vegas uh, later this year. Um, but, you know, I, I just I race anything that they'll give me an opportunity to race. Uh, but yeah, I have a lot of fun with A60 Motorsports, uh, CJ and the guys. So we always have a blast taking Legends cars with them. But um, you know, it's a shame that we couldn't finish the summer shootout this year. But we'll get the car right, and uh, I know we'll be definitely a main factor in, in the Nationals in Las Vegas. Awesome. Uh, did you get a chance to watch the NASCAR Camper World Truck Series race in Eldora? And if so, how do you think the Asphalt Warriors did on the dirt track? You know, the the, uh, the truck series at Eldora is definitely something different. Um, every year I expect some of, these, some of these dirt racers to go out and just absolutely be the class of the field, and, and every year I'm surprised. Um, the, the dirt racers obviously have an advantage growing up on tracks like that, but um, you, you can't ever count these asphalt boys out. They'll they'll get out there and, and with, with the proper equipment and the right setup, they, they can definitely put on a show. And what special preparations, if any, have you made going into Pocono this weekend? You know, the same preparations that we try to prepare for uh, throughout all the seasons. Um, we, we spent a lot of time in the dyno uh, in the in the previous week just trying to get a little bit more horsepower. Um, you know, obviously staying hydrated is is, is key. Uh, last weekend at LOR, you know, we got some pretty extreme temperatures. And, and I'm sure, you know, while up here in the Poconos, you have a little bit more of a breeze and it can get a little cooler, it's still definitely going to be hot. So that's going to be a, another factor that, that the drivers are really going to have to watch out for tomorrow is staying hydrated. And uh, an easiest way to do that is to go, you know, days in advance with, with, with staying hydrated with water, Pedialyte. Um, I, I started on this new stuff called Body Armor. Uh, you know, anything we can just to try to keep our endurance up for the race. Well, let me throw you out to my co-host, Michael Mullally in Afreda, Washington, who has a few questions for you as well. 
So in your intro, um, it says that in one of your races you qualified second and then the series ran out of time. Can you explain to us how that worked? Well, we, we had a great – that was actually um, the last race we had here at Pocono, um, and we had a great qualifying effort, qualified outside pole. They had two cars that did not get a chance to qualify just because of time restrictions with, with the NASCAR series there. Um, so they, they had to cut qualifying a little short. And just to make sure that every every competitor has, you know, the same playing field and they all have their fair shape, they reverted back to practice speed, which we didn't mock up with. So that put us a little bit further back in the field. But um, we we didn't get to finish qualifying because if those two people would have not had the chance to qualify, obviously they'd have had to start on the tail, and that wouldn't have been fair to them um, because it wasn't their fault that, that we ran out of time. Gotcha. That makes more sense. So you won a race at Talladega. Can you explain to us the kind of rush that you got winning that race? I'm sorry? So you won a race at Talladega. Can you explain to us the rush you got from winning that race? You know, it, it's it's really indescribable. Um, you know, winning at Talladega definitely changed my career. Uh, you know, we we obviously had the heartbreak at Daytona earlier that year. And to come back with my second ARCA race, second super speedway race, um, and be able to win, especially to to, to give a thanks to the, the good people at Greece who gave me that second chance, um, it was unbelievable. And, you know, it was uh, it was one of those things where it was a one-off deal at Daytona that ended up getting taken from us. We decided to go one more round at Talladega, but, again, it wasn't going to lead much past there. Um, you know, being that we won and we got so much exposure and, and Gree had so much fun with it that they decided to come on full board this year for a full season. And, uh, you know, I don't know if that would have been possible without without that win at Talladega. So what is, like, some of, well, what is one of the maximum teams you have personally reached in a race car? We'll get uh, upwards to the, the high 180s, you know, the low 190s uh, at, at Daytona and Talladega. Um, but actually, a lot of people know our fastest track uh, is Michigan because it's it's definitely not small. <laughs> they, they deem it an intermediate track, but it's uh, it's almost as large as a super speedway. But uh, we, we're not running restricted plates there. So we're much more open. We have a lot more power. And, um, and and we'll get up towards, you know, the, the high 190s at, at Michigan. And my final question for you this evening, what tracks do you feel that you yourself as a driver um, are most competitive at? I'm really falling in love with these intermediate tracks. Um, you know, I haven't had a lot of experience on them, obviously, like I said uh, earlier, but, uh, but you know, it's, it's one of those things that, that I'm getting used to them and I'm having fun at them. Um, the high banks, a lot of them have great asphalt. They're really fun to race. And, uh, and you know, I, I, I'm really enjoying these tracks. I'm looking forward to the next few that we have coming up. Well, we'd like to thank you very much for coming on the program this evening. Wish you lots of luck in Pocono this weekend. Thank you so much. I appreciate y'all having me on. Thank you. Have a nice evening. Yes, sir. Y'all too. For more on Gus Dean, please visit his all-new website at gusdean.com or like him on Facebook. 
Dean tweets too, so follow him on Twitter at Gus Dean. To learn more about Gree Racing and their expansion into motorsports, please hop on GreeRacing.com or follow them on Twitter at Gree-Racing. And also follow Wintron Racing on Twitter at Wintron Racing. Like them on Facebook, Wintron Racing, two words for there, or click on WintronRacing.com. What's the next racing adventure you have planned out there? Well, actually, I think we might go to the Nationals at Pacific Raceways next weekend. So that might be pretty cool. But I got an invite from Molly Helmuth's uncle um, to go up and run a mini stock, uh, his mini stock actually at, I think it's, I think it was state line, but that's in Idaho. So I got an invitation to go run his mini stock and yeah, so I think I might take him up on that and go do that. Cool. Yep. What about you? It's too hot. (laughs) So I'm not really thinking about racing right now. I don't know. Um, we we started discussing where our next year's plan is going to be. I think we're probably going to skip out on the 24-hour race at Daytona, simply because the weather there has been so bad the past few years. It's just been really cold. Uh, last year they actually had the freezing freezing rain there in the in the late evening, and that just wasn't very much fun at all. So um, we're probably going to do the uh, the first racing event. That we're going to go to next season will probably be the roar before the 24. I'll get a chance to talk to some of the Mazda guys there, hopefully, as I know there's been a lot of changes there at Mazda this uh, this year. There's been a, in the past few weeks actually, where uh, Team Yoast of the uh, of Europe, they're based in Germany. They used to run a, a Porsche program there. Um, they took over the Mazda racing program effective immediately. So Mazda Prototype will not be racing the last three races of the season. Um, and a lot of the Mazda drivers are going to have to polish up their resumes, I think, and there'll be some changes there at the team. But I have hopes that uh, that Tristan Nunez and some of the other guys who I actually talked to on the team will be there next year. We'll find that out later. There's sort of a media blackout right now. They're not really saying much. Um, so that'll be interesting. Uh, planning on going to possibly to St. Petersburg again next year. That's in March, a little closer to my birthday. That'll be interesting as well. Uh, to see the new IndyCar package they've got going on out there. They started testing that this week. So that'll be something next year to see those cars. Um, this year, uh, the next big thing I'll probably be going to might be this weekend. I'm not sure. They have a, a, a car show taking place at City Place, which has the uh, – not City Place. It's taking place at the Palm Beach Outlets. The people are going to kill me for getting those two places confused, but whatever. Um but they've got the uh, the team, the uh, Jet Dragster team, Larson Motorsports. We've actually had pretty much all the people from Larson Motorsports on this program in the past. Uh, they're going to be out there with their new car and one of their new, new drivers, who actually used to be the crew chief for Elaine Larson. So that'll be pretty cool to see them out there. Um, that takes place on Sunday at the Palm Beach Outlets. I believe it take, it starts at like, uh, like 9 o'clock in the morning, runs until a little afternoon. Uh, you can go to to Palm Beach Outlet. Uh, that's on Twitter at P- Palm Beach Outlet. 
You can also look it up on on Facebook. I also did a piece for it on Palm Beach Happenings. You can check out check it out there. The name of the thing is Cars and Coffee. So just search for that in the little search bar up in the corner, up in the upper left hand corner of the page there. Um, so that could be cool. Um, other than that, I'm not sure. I know that there's also a uh, there's a drag race taking place around November at Palm Beach International Raceway. Unfortunately, I don't have any connections at Palm Beach International Raceway anymore because they've written down their entire staff again. They seem to do that every few years, whether they need to or not. Uh, that's just neither here nor there. But but that that is in November. It's around Thanksgiving. Uh, that could be interesting this year. Um, just to see how they've changed the track, because I know they've done a lot of modifications to the track. A lot of it to the road course, but they've done some modifications to improve the uh, the drag strip as well. So that could be cool. Other than that, I'm not sure. But it'll be, a, it'll be an interesting busy year next year, as it normally is right in the springtime. So might even go to some, some dirt races next year. Uh, talked about that a little bit, maybe going out to East Bay, which is in Tampa, or possibly going out to Volusia, Volusia Raceway Park, which is in, uh, I believe that's in De Leon Springs, which is just west of, of DeLand there in, uh, in the Volusia County area. So that could be interesting, too. I haven't been to a dirt race in more than a decade. I think probably closer to, closer to almost 20 years now. I went to one in Ohio at the, uh, at the Speedway there in Conneaut, Conneaut Lake, Ohio. But I haven't been to a dirt track since then. So that, that could be something, something too. I know that there's a lot fewer dirt tracks than used to be, so it's good to try and support your local dirt track if you can. Our final guest this evening is Justin Fontaine. Trying to shake off a few tough finishes in ARCA Racing Series presented by Menards Competition, newcomer Justin Fontaine returns to the Pocono Raceway, knowing Friday afternoon's Mod Space 150 can easily put him back on the map. It'll be a busy weekend for the Asheville, North Carolina driver. In addition to competing in Friday's ARCA race, Fontaine will compete in Saturday afternoon's Overton's 150 NASCAR Kimberlin Truck Series race, Graham Racing, in a collaboration with Bolin Motorsports. Before Fontaine, 19, turns his attention towards second career truck series start, Fontaine, with the support of AM Racing and their development team, Wintron Racing, looks to rebound from two mechanical failures at Iowa Speedway and last Friday night at Lucas Oil Raceway, despite having fast race cars. While the avid late model racer would be disappointed with anything less than a top 10 finish in the ARCA car on Friday afternoon, when it comes to settling in the number 66 chromatic Toyota Tundra on Saturday, Fontaine says seeing the checkered flag is the main objective. Entering Friday's ARCA race, Fontaine currently sits 14th in the series standings. Fontaine has a career best 11th of 11th, twice at Elko Speedway in Minnesota and Madison International Speedway in Wisconsin, respectively. While sticking with a heavy ARCA schedule for now, Fontaine's focus is expected to turn towards the NASCAR Kemperville Truck Series, where he'll compete in a limited schedule this summer in AM Racing Entry. The Overton's 150, 60 laps, 150 miles, is the 12th of 23 races on the 2017 NASCAR Camping World Truck Series schedule. Practice begins Friday, July 28th, with a 55-minute session planned from 12 a.m. to 12.55 p.m., a second round of practice has been attached in from 2 p.m. to 2.55 p.m. Qualifying is set for race day Saturday, July 29th at 10 a.m. 
and the 32 Trump field will take the green flag shortly after 10 p.m. Sorry, 1 p.m. With live coverage on Fox Sports 1, FS1, the Motor Racing Network Radio, and Sirius XM NASCAR Radio, Satellite Radio Channel 90, all times are local Eastern. Well, it looks like we've got a couple minutes anyway before he's scheduled to call in. So let's go ahead and hit one of the songs from Ron Pastana and the Pit Crew. Let's see. This is In the Zone. Once again, that was In the Zone by Ron Passana and the Pit Crew. Now, we'd like to welcome Justin Fontaine back to the program. Hello, how are you doing this evening? I'm good. How are you, sir? Not too bad. First off, we have to ask, how are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. We're up here in, uh, up in the Poconos, up in Pennsylvania, doing a little go-kart race tonight before... Uh, before the race tomorrow, just having a good time and uh, looking forward to this weekend. Awesome. After your, to put it mildly, rough and tumble start to the 2017 season, has a return to racing been what you expected? Um, it's been it's been okay. We've had a, a lot of ups and downs. Uh, the the highlight has been that we've shown a lot of speed. Uh, we qualify well basically every week. Right now, we're qualifying around uh, back half of the top ten and. Uh, the, the struggle has been uh, honestly finishing all the laps. We've had a couple parts failures and things like that, but uh, we, we've got a good foundation for what we want to do, and I think that uh, the momentum may shift in our direction here this weekend. Can you tell us what the primary differences in driving style are between the truck series and the ARCA racing series? Well, to be honest with you, I, I, not being in a truck since since October, it, it's kind of hard to compare them. I was at, I ran truck race mm-hmm. at uh, Martinsville, and that, that's been probably six six months or so now. Um, but uh, honestly, the the arc car is just the way that it's a lot more. They're a lot more uh, sort of built to, to my driving style. I feel like I've taken to them a lot better than I've taken to some other other racing vehicles that I've driven in, in my career. But uh, I'm definitely excited to get a chance to switch off between the truck and the arc car this weekend. It'll be a good uh, experiment for me to see how well I adapt to both, and, and hopefully hopefully we do well in both races. Did you have a chance to watch the uh, NASCAR Kimbrough Truck Series take on the uh, track in Eldora, and how do you think it was? I, I did watch it. It was, it was really entertaining. I think that what NASCAR has done and, and let the trucks go and do the, uh, the, the the dirt stuff has been really, really cool. And I think uh, 
uh, having something that sort of is really is exclusive to the truck series has been has been neat for the fans. And to see the the big crowd out there was was really cool. And I think uh, I think they get a kick out of it every time it comes comes down. So uh, I think it's I think it's really neat uh, what they're doing out there. And what's your goal for the truck series return in uh, at Pocono on Saturday? Uh, for me, it's it's just I want to run all the laps, and uh, if we can do that, hopefully, um, you know, com- I'm reasonably competitive for, for for the standard that I've set forth for myself. You know, uh, obviously, it'd be a tall order to go out and, and and ask me to you know try to win the race, but I think that we can go out and be top twenty, top fifteen, uh, and and be happy about that. And I, I certainly think we've got that in us. So uh, I just want to run the laps and, and hopefully be there at the end. There you go. Now I'd like to throw it out to my co-host, Michael Mullally in Afraid of Washington, who has a couple questions for you, too. All right. So after finishing a race, what steps do you take to ready yourself for the next one? Um, honestly, it's a, I do a lot of uh, a lot of more physical stuff. I uh, Usually, if a race is on Saturday, uh, I'll fly home, drive home Saturday night or Sunday morning, and uh, Monday I start uh, uh, all water kind of deal where I don't drink anything but water and, and Gatorade or, or body armor uh, uh, hydrating drinks and uh, then I go to the gym two or three times a week just to, just to keep my, my stamina up uh, but just, just the small things like that and uh, prepare myself for all and if it's a track that I've not been to before I'll watch footage from the previous year and I've done a lot of that this year because all the ARCA tracks for me are brand new uh, with the exception of Iowa so uh, I'll try to watch some footage just to get acquainted with it. But a lot of the physical stuff and just, like, watching game film. So while I'm sure you look forward to every race, probably usually, which upcoming event are you currently most looking forward to? Uh, well, i got to be honest. I'm looking forward to tomorrow and, and Saturday. I'm, I'm really excited. I think it's going to be a fun weekend. I, I, every time I get to the racetrack, I'm, I'm pumped up. So, uh, And this weekend's pretty special just because we're doing the – the truck and the arc car on the same weekend. And, and we're going to get to, you know, run back and forth between garages during uh, tomorrow. And, and it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm really pumped up to get to get, uh, get back in a truck this weekend and, and hopefully run really well. So what stands out to you the most every time you get into a race car? I think I think this year it's just been the competition. It's it's been uh, you know obviously I'm used to running late models and things like that down in Tennessee and North Carolina, and uh, the, the competition is, is is so much more intense uh, than than what we have on the uh, on the more local circuits and things like that. But uh, uh, it's definitely uh, you definitely have the best best drivers um, you know of their kind out there competing for for wins and things like that. So I would definitely say it's the competition. So you just mentioned that you have raced late models. Is there, to you anyway, can you explain to us some of the differences and some of the um, similarities between a late model and an ARCA car? Um, in terms of difference or similarities, there's not there's not a heck of a lot. Uh, I think maybe the the way I've, I've gotten acclimated to the cars is a little bit more similar, but um, there's definitely a, a very obvious speed difference uh, between the two, and, and the get-up-and-go of an ARC car is a lot different than a late model. Uh, just the way the way it responds when you when you get on the throttle and things like that. 
uh, is significantly different than any any late model I've ever driven. Well, my final question for you this evening. While I'm sure you learn something new every time you get into a race car, at what tracks do you feel you have managed to obtain the most racing knowledge? Honestly, it's it's probably been um, uh, either Pocono or, or even uh, Lucasville Raceway last week. The the different the skill set that it takes to get around Pocono because it's three different corners uh, and in such a distinct place and and completely different than what we've been to or what we go to during the year. Um, and the way you have to to approach each corner is 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 so different uh, than the corner previous. So uh, I would say I learned the most just about driver finesse and and patience at, at Pocono or, or even at uh, Lucas Oil Raceway, I learned a lot about, um, you know, being able to, to take different lines and, and still be fast uh, throughout the race. Well, we'd like to thank you very much for coming on the program again and, and hope you have a nice, good, clean race tomorrow and on Saturday. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Thank you. To learn more information on AM Racing, please visit amracingteam.com. For more on Justin Fontaine, please like his Facebook page, Justin Fontaine, that's J-U-S-T-I-N space F-O-N-T-A-I-N-E, or follow him on Twitter at Driver Fontaine. That's all one word. Be sure to check out past episodes of Thursday Night Thunder, as well as the other shows on the Speedway Digest Radio Network at SpeedwayDigestRadioNetwork.com. You can also check out the show on Facebook by searching for Speedway Digest Thursday Night Thunder in the search bar. I also invite you to read the articles covering all aspects of motorsports at SpeedwayDigest.com. We've had quite a few different pieces we've put up in the past week on the Racing News section of SpeedwayDigest.com, so be sure to check that out as well. In addition, if you're a fan of South Florida, and who isn't, be sure to check out the latest news and information about our slice of paradise at Palm Beach Happening, which can be found by visiting palmbeach.happeningbag.com. As I stated, I put out a an article about the uh, cars and coffee and the fact that Larson Motorsports will be there this weekend. So be sure to search for that up in the search bar that's in the upper left-hand corner of the page. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to seeing you again next week in the Thunderdome as we discuss the major issues in the world of modern auto racing with some of the stars of the world of auto racing. Thanks again, and have a nice evening.